Hello, everybody, and welcome to 30 Minute Thrive, your go-to podcast for anything and everything HR, powered by MRA, the Management Association. Looking to stay on top of the ever-changing world of HR? MRA has got you covered. We'll be the first to tell you what's hot and what's not. I'm your host, Sophie Voller, and we are so glad you're here. Now it's time to thrive. Well, we can get started right away, but we're excited that you're all here with us for our first ever live podcast. But really, we're here to make your 2024 your best year yet, and it's all about goal setting. So today, find out the impact of intentional goal setting and the value that modern day goal setting brings. It's a new year, it's time for new goals, and MRA, as always, is here to help you get set. So like I said, we're here on LinkedIn Live today, super excited, and for our listeners out there who have questions about goal setting specifically, ask away. We definitely encourage you to put your questions in the chat and Amanda and Brittany will answer them here and now. Um, Plus we can save some time at the end of the episode to really answer any additional questions that might come up. But for now, I'm curious to know where are you all joining us from? Like we said, we're from Waukesha, Ohio, Kentucky. We're all over the place right now. So curious who's joining us today. Kind of as we get set here, I'll introduce our guests. Uh, My name is Sophie Bowler. I'm the host of MRA's 30 Minute Thrive podcast. And joining me are Amanda Mosteller, MRA's Director of Talent Development, and Brittany Sear, Learning and Development Facilitator, also with MRA. So kind of as we get started and warming up here and as chats are gonna be coming in, um, let's talk about goals. And these are really not just your typical New Year's resolutions, which may be forgotten about in just a few weeks. These are really long-term as well as short-term goals intended to really help you realize your greatest personal development and productivity for the 2024 year ahead. So today we're really gonna be talking about the evolving standards that are reshaping the way we pursue success in every aspect of our lives and the goals we achieve achieve to to get that success so let's first kind of talk about the importance of goal setting why don't we so amanda you want to start us off and kind of tell us what the value of setting goals is Thank you. Yes, I do. And I love your highlight, which really ushers us into modern day goal setting of this is different than end of year, New Year's resolution goals that you set in three weeks later. Hey, look, I'm not at the gym anymore. (laughs) I hit it strong for about 25 days and then petered off. Um, and, And I would challenge the traditional goal setting strategies kind of resulted similarly. I would set my goal at the beginning of the year and then at the end of the year, I'd go, oh yeah, I was gonna do that professionally for the team this year, didn't get to it. Um, And so when we really talk about the change and how it's been modernized, that that was such a great highlight, so because it comes into play as why it has evolved as well. But in terms of the value and the importance Goal setting theory, I could talk about theory for a moment, and I promise everyone just a moment. Um, Dr. Edwin Locke and Dr. Gary Latham actually started the conversation around setting actionable task performance related goals in the 60s. Now, I know you're saying modern day goal setting in the 1960s do not connect, 
<laughs> and that is accurate. That's why we talk about modernizing a lot of their approach, but theory tends to be pretty universal. It's in terms of how we implement it over time that modernizes and changes. But one stat that will not change, and they actually updated their stats. They started doing research again in the 90s and updated it in the early 2000s in the Psychology Today Journal. But they really highlighted how 90% of individuals with performance, team, personal, organizational goals that they want to accomplish if they create a actionable goal, they write it down, <laughs> big key there, and then they refer back to it they are 90% more likely to achieve success. So when I think about the value of goal setting, I think about the value of actually having an accountability partner, of writing it down, because we're 90% more likely to achieve success if we do some simple steps that we're gonna talk about today. Brittany, what other thoughts do you have on the value of goal setting? Oh my gosh, it's so crucial, right? Because it really does allow you into the point of writing it down, you know, putting stuff out there, speaking it into fruition. That is, a, there's a lot to be said for that. If you just kind of keep it in and you internalize it, what are your checks and balances there? How are you tracking what you're doing to your point of accountability partners? You know, how do you measure success? Because it's not going to be this like linear or, or not even linear, but up and to the right. Like it's not going to look like that at all. It is peaks and valleys, steps <laughs> forward and backwards. So how do you, how do you navigate that and making sure that you have it somewhere <laughs> you know, that you can refer back to really helps navigate that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. Those are all great points. And again, I would encourage our listeners, if you have any comments you want to share, um, how goal setting has really helped you and your organization achieve better success. We're all ears. We want to know what you're doing and what, uh, how you're finding success. But kind of moving on, now that we know why we need to set goals, let's kind of talk about the what and how of goal setting. So I heard you mention modern day goal setting. We've kind mm -hmm. of seen times. So what really is modern day goal setting and how does it differ from what most people think about when setting their goals? Yeah, so in the 60s, when <laughs> goal setting theory and task performance catch that element of their initial theory published in the 60s, really was related around performance for the team or the organization, right? So as an individual, how do I fit into the team performance, which fits into the organization performance? And we set it in January, and then we come back and talk about it in December, and we set my new ones in January. Modern day goal setting is much more fluid. So I establish goals that might evolve and change in 90 days. I establish goals that might take me three years to get to. All of them are welcome. All of them are important. And to that accountability partner piece, whether that's your manager or a mentor or a peer, they're checking in so that set it and forget it truly is the older way of thinking. Whether they're associated with, and we can get to talking about, you know, associations with um, financial gain. So whether I have, it's uh, allocated with my merit increase, 
that's gonna doesn't change the amount of check-ins and this cadence of fluidity that our goals are. Additionally, people are looking to their organizations to help develop their career, which is different than being a piece of the team of the department of the org, right? It's a two-way relationship. So the organization, I'm also looking at the organization to develop me in my career so that I can continue to better the organization. It's a cyclical relationship. So goals aren't just team and department related. They are my personal career growth goals as well. And how can the organization help me set those goals and drive me towards success in those goals, even if it doesn't have to do with the job I'm doing with you today? The job I have today is this, but maybe I have a career aspiration of this, and I could do that here at this organization and probably will be more likely to if the organization is helping me develop my skill sets and that kind of a goal as well. That's a very modern view. Absolutely. Brittany, anything to add on to that? I do. So a couple of things. The the piece, you know, where it is a relationship that Amanda had mentioned. So it's having, you know, an investment into the person so the person can reinvest into the company. I think that that is so critical for companies to realize that because um, what is the saying where you, you know, provide someone with enough resources and get them where they want to be and feed into them so that they want to stay, right? Like train Mm -hmm. them and get them to the point where they can leave, but they choose to stay. It's so much more rewarding and uh, from a financial gain standpoint, from a satisfaction and morale and engagement standpoint to have a culture of folks that want to be there. They have made the proactive choice to be, you know, at the company um, because you as an organization have fed into them. So I think that is so critical. And I also um, love the thought and concept of the modern way of, you know, because in the past it very much was create the plan, January 1st, it goes into effect. We revisit it in December and then see where we are, right? From a more modern approach, it's very much of what are your short-term goals and then your stretch goals and your long-term goals and how does that all feed into one another? Because again, it's not going to be a series of steps that, you know, everything aligns perfectly. Sometimes it's this little, you know, nice shuffle along that works well and it's smooth. And then sometimes to get to that goal, if you've ever done a lunge, it's a deep lunge, you feel the burn. (laughs) You're like, this is even painful at the moment, but you have to navigate through that to get to that next step. So being able to really understand like, you know, what can I do to make the lunge a little, you know, a little less of a Mm -hmm. a deep burn is, is the way to go. Yeah. Well, and Brittany, you hit on something that I think really highlights the connection also to another modern day thing, which is career pathing. Cause you mentioned Mm -hmm. that growth and engagement. And as I was saying too, I can do it. I'm going to do it somewhere. And I think as organizations, we need to own that individuals are going to do it somewhere. I can do it here or I can move on if I didn't feel supported in that initiative. And this is directly connected to modern day career pathing is no longer this concept of I grow the ladder, right? I come in as a individual contributor on this team. My goal is to become a supervisor of one of my teams in the department that does the work and then the department head and then the vice president and I move up the ladder. Now, career pathing is I have knowledge and skills I want to learn 
And sometimes that's in the space I'm in. Sometimes it's cross training over into marketing and I do some things for marketing and, and maybe I even foyer into a marketing role for a while because there are certain business skills that I want to grow in my own repertoire that the marketing type job role will give me that my current role will not. And that's another way if I know to the modern goal setting, if I'm telling my leadership or my, my supervisor, I want to learn how to um, be a great a, a great strategist, and I'm trying to think of my own in filling um, seats for our public programs, and that's that's a big push. I want to learn how to help do that. Well, I could either start shadowing and learning how to do sales things, or I could start shadowing and learning how to do marketing things, but. Um, it's a goal that isn't necessarily within my job role that traditional, you know, I, I've had coaching conversations with leaders in the past at organizations where it's hard for them to wrap their head around, but that's not what your job role is. And so why would we throw energy into developing that if that's not what you do today? And I need you doing these things for the job. And, and the goal being instead reframe our thinking of, man, that's gonna be a great benefit all around. And you as an individual are looking for that and, and we can absolutely help you with that as it also reciprocally helps the organization. Mm -hmm. It's a much less siloed approach, right? Like mm -hmm. it's not so much of like, you're restricted to this, you're understanding the whole organization and seeing how all the pieces in the cog work. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and Brittany, you kind of mentioned support from the organization too with goal setting, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, it's much easier to work and achieve your goals when you both have, when you have both your leader and your organization supporting you in those efforts. Mm -hmm. And it looks like we do have one question in the chat kind of yeah. on this, and that is how has goal setting really helped everyone in your organization? Mm. Is that directed at us? I can take that. Yeah, yeah, answer from that approach. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. MRA has really done a wonderful job of creating these actionable goals that team leaders, of course, will have like a waterfall goal, right? That we're doing for the department, which is also important. Even in, we would not say in modern day goal setting, throw out departmental goals. That's crazy pants. We are here uh, to continue to grow as a team as well as individually. But you also put in your own goals and then have these fluid conversations. One of the things I love organizationally is there is an encouragement of like we encourage you to touch base quarterly. I will always say you should set some sort of cadence because if left to our own devices, some of us naturally are better at touching in than others. But it does not mean you can't go in and have goal conversations through this system. So we're leveraging technology to grow individually as a team or individually and as a team rather, as well as just anytime it comes up. But the system, we do leverage our HRIS systems for this, does allow for individual growth conversations unrelated to your forced biannual touch base and your annual performance review, right? And what I've seen and how it has helped, and I can only speak for our department. Um, I haven't had cross conversations with other departments on how has this year's goal 
goal setting gone for you? And Sophie, you can tag in too on how it's gone for, for your team. But what I have seen is this real feel that each of us are working individually on the things we need to work on individually. And there is some that account, some of that accountability piece, but we can see the progression. And then imagine looking back at the performance year and saying, you accomplished these things and so then we added another one and you accomplished that one too because you wanted to and then we added another one you cared about and man look now instead of the one goal you accomplished personally in the set it and forget it strategy you've accomplished four personal goals plus our two team goals that's a lot that's a lot to celebrate and that's what i've seen is it's much more fluid and so things drop off because they've been accomplished and then we add new ones because it's this fluid approach yeah, Brittany, so, you're you're also on the learning and development team here at MRA. Are you kind of seeing the same thing that Amanda's saying or any other new thoughts? Um, I am, but I also want to add from my perspective, one of the things that I thought was the coolest from the MRA and goal setting standpoint was that there was actual conversation, mm -hmm. right? Because how often have goals been assigned to folks? Or, you know, again, like it's kind of um, the less modern approach of like, how does this feed into what we need from an organizational standpoint? And the conversations are, have always been, you know, where do you feel like your strengths lie? What are some things you want, you know, your opportunity areas? What are your interests? Where would you like to grow to? And then how can we mesh all of that together to get you where you want to go? Mm -hmm. And the focus on the person was really, really impactful to me. And it was one of the things, you know, that I thought this, it, it makes an enormous difference. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. I actually, coincidentally, I just had a conversation with my manager this morning on goal setting. Um, Mine too. <laughs> but look at that, perfect timing. Well but, timed. <laughs> Brittany, Amanda, I, I can definitely attest to everything you're saying on that. And the accountability part is huge. And um, I would say that you have to hold yourself accountable too, because some goals that you make and even organization-wide goals, um, it is up to you as the individual to make sure you're staying on uh, on task with the goal and kind of keeping up with the progress. I mean, um, personally for my goals, I, I have kind of a progress tracker that really helps mm -hmm. too. Kind of like Amanda, you say writing down the goals really helps. Also keeping track of the progress really helps because maybe you set a goal early in the year and you're 55% of the way done. You don't want to wait to do that other 55% at the end of the year. You want to mm -hmm. kind of keep that pace going. So that was a good reminder this morning, kind of when I was talking to my manager on that. Well, and another thing I think about to that question of how have we seen it impact MRA as a whole as I'm continuing to process and think through that to where we were talking about personal professional goals being supported internally at an organization. We have a lot of folks that step into other projects or things that MRA as a whole wants to focus on and needs to focus on. And we have someone that's raising their hand saying, I would love to do that. We have a team member that started helping doing um, uh, stream maps for processes and things like that kind of in a newer way that that's not typically the types of things they do internally in their own department, but they wanted to, and they did it for every department within the organization and what a benefit that is. And it's an internal support. It was masterfully done. 
and a huge outcome benefit plus a team member who has developed in a skill set they wanted to that they wouldn't have had an opportunity otherwise. But because of our philosophy for how we goal set here, supporting your own personal professional goals and not having that you're only allowed one, you know, not any of the restrictive mindsets. Because I've experienced that too, where organizations say, yeah, you have three department goals and one personal goal. And then I'm like, wow, I'm really limited. <laughs> and then they did the annual re re review and then you set your new goal. And I'm like, so I got one thing done this year, darn it. <laughs> so this kind of fluid approach allows for a lot of growth. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Those are all great examples. I'm glad we covered that. Um, kind of moving on, we've touched on this a little bit, but why is modernizing an organization's goal setting approach important? And do either of you have any talking points that our listeners can kind of take back to their leadership to bring this concept home? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's it's the ex the term that is used a lot and very applicable in this stage engagement, 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 retention, retention, retention. <laughs> Part of the beauty of a modernized approach too is it is inclusive of those that like the annual and I set a big goal that I think will take me 12 months to get to anyway. This works for that because I'm still checking in on how you're doing. And for those of us that like more short, shorter, hmm, <laughs> shorter term, you can tell I've been speaking for 20 minutes at this point, shorter term, achievable goals that build, it works for that too. So in terms of a strategy that engages all preference types, the answer is yes and here's how we do that. So it can become very personalized to the individual based on how they like their performance goals, goals to work. I wouldn't tell someone, no, you have to I've worked at an organization like that too. You have to have a personal goal and it has to be unrelated to work. And you're it felt very forced and random because I didn't want it. It wasn't internally motivating to me. Um, but what organizations do need to do regardless strategically is determine are our goals associated with any merit increases at the end of the year? If they are, how, what is the, Need, uh, needs it improvement meets and exceeds structure look like so that this aligns with that, not that it's one or the other. You can do both. You just strategically have to make that decision so that we can align everything. And then you do have to, because if left to our own devices, like I said before, some of us are better than others <laughs> in touching base and having these conversations, even if it's fluid, because I might get really bogged down in the day to day and I forget to touch base and say, hey, I know you wanted to work on flexing um, skills of needs analysis conversations. And have we provided enough opportunities for you to do that? How are you doing? How are you feeling? If I'm still in the day to day, which many of us get into naturally because that's how work works, <laughs> I won't set those conversations. So I would do a minimum expected cadence of touch bases. Often our accountability partners are our managers. So minimum expectation with allowance that it can be much more fluid than that. Brittany, have anything to add there? Yeah, well, and I agree. I agree with, you know, everything that Amanda said and then emphasis placed on the, the conversation, right? So mm -hmm. this is a partnership. 
it's not the managers dictated it's you know it's very much driven by the individual but in a collaborative effort of like where can we you know make sure that everything does align and then again to continue to have those conversations absolutely absolutely and we do have one one more chat question to cover here yeah what is the best way to make sure team members that come in mid-project are on the same page with the team's goals Ooh, I love everything about that question. <laughs> that is a good one. Ooh. I get really excited when they're like really great thought provoking questions. Brittany, do you mind if I dive in first? Not at all. Okay. Get at it. <laughs> I think first is catching them up to speed with, I, I'm always going to go vision and every project has a vision. There is an end goal that this project is trying to create. And so what are we trying to create? Where are we at? Where have we been? And then I think to your point, Brittany, what strengths do you bring to the table here? And how do you think we can leverage them the best? And where do you wanna grow? Cause I hop into projects sometimes where I know why I'm there. I'm aware of what I'm bringing to the table. There are pieces that I know I'm not strong in. I'm hoping somebody else on the project team is strong in that. <laughs> and then if being asked, what do I want to grow in? I would say for me, it's analytics. So if I'm in a project and I'm, we're getting to the measurements of success piece and we're reviewing the data for measurements of success, that's not my strength point because it's not my where I like to spend my energy and my time. I love the visioning. I love the front end. I love all of that stuff. Doesn't mean I can't do it because in my career I have to, but it's not my favorite space to be. So I don't know that I know the best ways to do it. So how, if I'm asking for a goal, it would be put me on that, that sub team within the project. Who's running that piece? Can I partner with them? And can they give me some tasks to help? Because I want to get better at that for my own career growth. I think you bring up a good point with that too, Amanda, like making sure that the vision is there, but also again, having the conversation about what you know, are your strengths and what are some areas that you want to grow? Because it, like the growth is on the other side of stretching yourself a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. So as a manager and as a leader, how do you nudge your folks along to make sure that the vision is aligned and that they're bought in, but so that they're not just phoning it in because they can do it every day, day in and day out with their eyes closed. So how do you keep them engaged, right? So have that conversation to make sure that the vision is there. We're aligned on the vision. How can I get the most out of what you can do in your sleep, <laughs> you know? And then how do we also kind of test you a little? How do we nudge you along so that you're engaged, mm -hmm. so that you want to do it, right? So that you feel fulfilled and even getting someone outside of their comfort zone. Because sometimes as a leader, you're going to have to like, you know, kind of pull them along a little because they are maybe going to have some resistance there. But it, it goes a long way with engagement and driving that vision forward. Yeah, Brittany, that's great advice. We have another chat question and listeners hey. keep, keep them coming. Um, how many goals is enough? How many goals <laughs> too much? <laughs> advice on that. Loaded. Oh man, I know, right? So how many goals is enough? I would say a minimum of three. Like if, if I'm creating a structure, right? I would have, you know, a department goal, at least that I've assigned someone. And then do they have a current job role goal? If I'm setting a cadence of expectation, because even then left to our own devices, 
if you're going to ask me to if you're going to ask me to set goals i'll give you 50 if you're going to ask my husband to set goals he'll give you zero <laughs> he'll say just keep doing what i'm doing so if you want to set up some sort of minimum expectation of three goals now they don't have to to my point earlier about someone i worked in an organization where i had to have a personal goal and it had to be unrelated to my job and it had to had to had to and i wasn't motivated by it because i was checking a box I would just say we have three goals. We're going to have a departmental goal that your team leader is going to assign to the department where each team has to do it. And then, you know, you and your accountability partner or your supervisor can talk through what the other two are going to look like. No more than, and this comes from strategic execution goals. No, it depends on your length of time, but I would say no more than seven if you're setting them ahead of time because you have to do your day-to-day job still. (laughs) And seven goals is a lot for anyone, especially if you have an overachiever that wants to set all seven on day one and spend the year getting through them all and then drop it, ooh, that'd be a lot. So I would say best practice is no less than three, no more than seven at a time. Yeah, absolutely. Brittany, do you agree on that? I do, I'm a huge fan of the the rule of three, right? Three is easy to absorb when you're giving information. It's mm-hmm. easy to attain when you're talking about actionable steps on things. Um, because you have to also factor in that as you set these goals, you're also going to be working with other people and life is going to happen, right? So it's not like, oh, I give myself seven goals or 10 goals or 50 goals and it's just boom, boom, boom. I'm knocking them out. It generally does not work that way, right? So I think three is very manageable and it gives you a sense of accomplishment. Like you want to see the progress. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Kind of wrapping up here, we're closing in on time, but what are some actionable steps that an organization can make quickly to kind of get that needle moving in in the direction of modern day goal setting if they don't really do that today? Mm Mm-hmm. From my perspective, an organization, like, because I know Brittany has a great add-on to this too, and I want to give her time, so I'm going to be short for once, but (laughs) Um, just determine your strategy. So right off the bat, yes or no, do our goals equate to compensation? Do they have a connection? We need to know that because then we need to be very clear in what constitutes needs improvement, meets expectations, or exceeds expectations. If it is a, I do not encourage you to have that, what constitutes it being, if you meet three goals, you need improvement. If you meet four, because that changes the fluidity, it locks it back in. Um, What I encourage you to do, if they do not connect to compensation, then you have a lot Either way, you have a lot of freedom, but there's a lot more freedom because you can start implementing things day one. If your merit increases have already happened or are going to happen in the next couple of months, this would be a post that strategic initiative to make that shift. And then in terms of needs improvement, exceeds or meets expectations, as it relates to goals, I would have them be the departmental and job performance goals specifically and personal goals are just cherry on top. They don't actually hit your compensation piece. Um, those are the two, depending on the which arm you go down, those are some of the, the quick actionable pieces to, to put into place there. Mm-hmm. But I know 
Brittany's got some something. Well, <laughs> so when you think about how do you then accomplish it and lay it out, right? Because that's the overarching, this is what we want to do. So there's, you know, a couple acronyms, which is smarter goals, but then there's also one that's fast goals, which really resonated with me. Like I love that one because fast stands for frequently discussed, ambitious, specific, and transparent, right? So it, it feels very much even just the word fast that you're moving things along because if you set a goal sometimes it can feel very drawn out even if it's a 90-day goal it's like how do i get to the end of this sometimes you know or or that three-year goal when am i going to get to that when do i hit that level of achievement that i have really been working toward so using that that concept of fast so frequently discussed it does the relationship ambitious it makes it a bit more aggressive Right. So mm -hmm. instead of something just be timely and measurable, it's ambitious. Let's go ahead and reach for the stars. Why not? Right. Specific again, make sure that is things that you can attain and then transparent, making sure that those conversations do happen, that other people are aware. So you have a team and cheerleaders behind you. Who doesn't want to be rooted on, <laughs> you know, as we as we move toward progress? Absolutely. Yeah. That's all great advice. I love it. Good good way to kind of close out today. So like I said, that is all the time we have, but thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in today for this live episode. Um, this episode is recorded, so it will actually be published next week. So if you'd wanna watch it again, or you wanna share it out and rewatch it, that will be available for you next week. Um, we also have some great episodes coming up over the next few weeks, including an episode on the year ahead with MRA's president and CEO, Susan Frank an episode on 2024 HR trends and a lot more. So make sure to kind of look out for those episodes. Uh, you can find MRA's 30 Minute Thrive podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can go to YouTube or you can go to MRA's website at mranet.org. Um, Amanda and Brittany, thank you so much for joining us live today. I really appreciate all your insights and, and your expertise. Um, and to our listeners, have a great day and have a great rest of your week. And we will see you for the next episode. And that wraps up our content for this episode. Be sure to reference the show notes where you can sign up to connect for more podcast updates. Check out other MRA episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, make sure to follow MRA's 30 Minute Thrive so you don't miss out. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next Wednesday to carry on the HR conversation.